is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Special guest, been waiting to get this guy on the show he covers a lot of fantasy sports. He is one of the most dedicated fantasy fantasy, fantasy sportsers. What's the uh, fantasy dudes that I know? Jake Seely. Analyst sports analyst. Yeah, there you go. Jake, you do everything. Jake Seely is with us. Hello, Jake. Welcome. Hey, Adam. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. I'm excited to be on. We are really happy to have uh, Jake on today. So tell us tell us about yourself. And we I know we can catch you on the Fantasy Sports Network. So... You know, tell us a little bit about Jake Seeley here. We're also going to get into your rankings, the Odell Beckham saga. Uh, Dave and Jamie are at the owners' meetings right now talking to coaches. So on Thursday, you'll hear from them. They'll have plenty to tell you about. But we got a lot to get to. But, Jake, yeah, the listeners want to know more about you. Everybody does. More about no, you, Jake. Of course they do. Yeah. yeah. It's found at rotoexperts.com is where the writing stuff is. The Fantasy Sports Network on YouTube and radios where you can hear and see my beautiful self. And as you mentioned, I got the rankings. That's my success is, you know, top in baseball and football a lot of years. But I've been doing this for well over a decade now and love every minute of it. Full-time job for the past couple of years. And, you know, hey, I try to give out the best advice. And if I don't, that's on you. Yeah, and, no, it's not. <laughs> but he is very good. If you don't pay attention to Jake, that is on you. How can we follow you on Twitter? At All In Kid, which goes back to my poker days. Oh, really? That's what it is. Yeah, I, it wasn't even. It's not a self-given nickname. And yes, people have asked me when do I lose the kid part of it. I don't think he really can because it's a nickname. I don't care if I'm seventy years old. But the, I was playing poker started about almost twenty years ago. And what's the biggest move that you make when you don't know how to play Texas Hold'em? You start going all in for everything, whether you have a good hand or you're bluffing. And somebody at the table just said, "Damn, all in, kid!" And boom. Nice. Uh, question: p- Poker trivia for you. Yes. Which is better? Four of a kind or a full house? Four of a kind. He's legit, folks. He's legit. <laughs> Unbelievable. Actually, do you play HQ, that trivia game? Yeah, I do, of course. They had one the other day, which which is the best hand, and it was full house, straight, or flush. And she, it was obviously full house, and she's answering it, and she was telling the odds, and she said, the odds of getting a flush versus a straight, that's why the straight is better. I was like, no, you just said no, the no. Oh, the flush no. is better than a straight, so that ticked me off. You that know who never would make that mistake is Scott Rogowski. He never would have made that mistake. No, never, yeah. never. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, you also run the Flex Leagues, which, which is great. Uh, that's uh, – Jamie and I take part in that. We took part in that in New York City last year. Jake runs them. It's industry analysts, and we get together and we draft, and I had a terrible team, so whatever. But <laughs> uh, I want to know some fantasy talk here. Who, who? Uh, give me one of your guys. Who are you loving right now? Right now, it's somebody that I was loving last year, and I'm going to go back to the well. But there's a reason for it, and that's Joe Mixon. I still believe in that talent. I thought he was one of the most talented, if not most talented, running back in the draft class last year. I still believe that's all there. Obviously, a lot of things didn't break right from last year, including himself. I'll admittedly say that I was watching him last year and didn't look like the same player at college at times. And obviously that's a little bit of concern. I think the offensive line was also a concern. But you saw this team happily move on from Jeremy Hill. I think they're going to pay a little bit more attention to the offensive line this year. But I still think he's a better player than we've seen. 
I'm not going to put him as an RB1, but I think he could be a mid to high RB2, and I like the value of where he is. At least right now in drafts, I have a feeling he's going to start climbing as more people like myself are going to remind people, hey, he's a post-hype sleeper, he's last year's trash, whatever cliche you want to throw on him. But I've been a Joe Mixon guy, and I feel like we can get back on board this year. He'll be a great RB2, potential RB1. Where are you right now, Mixon versus McKinnon? Mm, I am taking – well, so – as of right now, I would take McKinnon fantasy value, but I will take Mixon for the price because McKinnon, in my opinion, is going to be the most overdrafted oh. running back for next year. I know they're saying he's a three-down running back, but I also know who Jarek McKinnon is. I've watched a lot of Jarek McKinnon. I watched Jarek McKinnon back to Georgia Southern. I watched him run all over my old U Monarchs in college football. I saw it firsthand when that team ran for 600 freaking yards in a game against us. Really? That all being said... I do not believe he's a 20-plus touch running back. I think he's very similar to Lamar Miller when people were claiming or clamoring for him to get more touches when he came out of Miami after the two years and finally got away from them for the Texans. And then we saw once he started getting the 20, 25 touches per game, he kind of fell off, and he kind of had similar level of production but a less effective production. I think McKinnon needs to stay in that 15 to 20 touch per game, which will make him great, a high-end RB2. He's just not an RB1, and I see a lot of people drafting him already as an RB1. That's a really interesting take. By the way, You'd be surprised how much that Georgia Southern Old Dominion game comes up on this podcast. That's like really the third. No, of course not. Who the hell would <laughs> reference that? Come on, man. <laughs> um, all right. What, what is your favorite fantasy format, Jake? It's non-PPR. But Superflex, non-PPR. I hate PPR, wow. always have. I think, obviously, Andy Barron's is the, 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 like, the clear leader for that. But I am on that because my whole opinion was it was reactionary back to when running backs were going with the first 20 picks. And it was like, oh, how do we give more value to the wide receivers? Well, let's inflate it artificially with a point per reception, which – does really for nothing. My biggest complaint about PPR is that you can catch a ball, get blown up on a screen for a half five yard loss, and get a half positive point. That's my biggest problem with it. Um, as long with the Julian Edelman thirteen catches for whatever yards it was, where he had twenty something, it was like eighty yards where he had twenty points in that game. It's just frustrating to me. I understand why it was done, but now with the NFL and the way that it's now a passing league, we need to kick it back at least to half point PPR, get rid of it altogether. But non PPR. It's fine. I can live with half-point PPR, but super flex is the way we really need to play. Quarterbacks are just way too undervalued in drafts. People just wait on there smartly. But get a super flex out there so you can add more intrigue. That's pretty interesting. I, I like half PPR. Uh, yeah, I could deal with it. I guess I probably would go PPR over standard, though. <sighs> I, yeah, I, you got to reward something for catches, right? Because no, standard, you don't. standard just sort of becomes a touchdown game. It, that's Okay, so that's the other thing is my scoring for my home league, which I've tried to incorporate to other things, is I don't give six points for a touchdown for rushing and receiving. You and four? I actually boost – I give five, so I took okay. down one. But it's also a point and a half for every ten yards instead of one point. Inflate the yards so the yard like because okay. I will come agree. on. It, how am I spot when I have a calculator out when I draft? This is too much. It does it for you. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I will tell you one thing. And you know this, Adam. You really want to see who's prepared for the draft, have a little bit different scoring like that, and you'll see the people who can adapt and know how to draft properly instead of just going down some list that they print off from a site. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a lot to ask the casual fan. You know, for us, sure, okay, but but for the <laughs> for the casual fantasy football player to come into his draft, all right, one and a half points for every ten yards, five. I'm cool with the five points for a touchdown. Right. I, don't know, I don't know about but the yard up the yards, too, because, like, like the, the whole point, like you said, the touchdown, you don't want 60 yards to equal one touchdown. Right. The biggest thing is, like, you go back to the Jerome Bredis for three yards for three touchdowns. Or that, that's We don't want that. So you boost up the yards because people still want more scoring. That's how you still get more scoring without the fake PPR. 
All right, we'll get into the news in a second, but here's a bonus question for you. Rank these famous Jakes. <laughs> Jake the Snake Roberts, Jake Gyllenhaal, less than Jake. Oh, no, Jake from State Farm? Sure, Jake from State Farm <laughs> is on the list now. Rank those four. Uh, Jake the Snake is number one. Yeah. I would have to say less than Jake is number two because I actually used to listen to them a lot. And kudos to them for missing a concert that I went to one time. And of all bands, Green Day stepped in. So wow. I got to see Green Day. So, yeah, it was originally supposed to be Blake 182, Jimmy Eat World, and less than Jake. And less than Jake wasn't in, in town or something happened, and Green Day stepped in. So it ended up being Green Day and Blake 182. Green Day was the lead-in band to Blake 182. So that ain't be sad. Uh, then I will take Jake from State Farm and Jake Gyllenhaal's last. No, actually, Jake Gyllenhaal is first. You ever seen the movie Prisoners? <laughs> no. It's a great movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is one. Jake Roberts is two. Jake from State Farm, three. Less than Jake is actually four. Uh, sorry. <laughs> if, if you want them to miss their concert so a better band will perform, then they cannot be <laughs> they high on the right list. No. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Odell Beckham. He will not play without a new contract, according to NFL Network. Today at the coaches' meetings, uh, the owners' meetings, Pat Shermer said, quote, He's on our team right now, end quote. Uh, we know how great Odell Beckham is. Do you think there's a chance he's actually not going to be on the Giants by the time the season starts? I think there is. If I gave it an odds, I'd put it like 10 to 20%. Because, look, the Giants, I've actually been one of the people who's saying, if you can get value, do it. And I'm a Giants fan. Like, just move on at this point because the costs are starting to outweigh the potential return. That all being said, I know he's the best talented, What like, Forget wide receiver. Offensive player the Giants have ever seen. There's an argument that if healthy, he could contend for Antonio Brown for the most explosive, the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. That all being said, it's starting to be a path that we're heading down here where there's good, there's like something new every single week. Even when it's not his fault, there's something new. Like the, 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 the frivolous lawsuit that he's going through right now. Like really, how many other people are dealing with that? It's just always something. I'm not saying trade him for a third rounder. If you could get two first, I'd have to think long and hard about that, especially with the fact that he wants $20 million a year and all that type of stuff. And it's the on-field issues, too. It's the norm and it's the kicking the field goals, the bat field goal net and all that type of stuff. There's just a lot going on here. And if you can get away from the risk and rebuild this organization, with let's be realistic, I know they want to get right back into the playoffs. I think they're more rebuilding than they are retooling, That even though they're trying to retool. All that being said is you don't trade him unless that's what you get because he is – I hate this because it's become so cliche with Barkley this year, but he is a generational talent. He is the true definition of a generational talent. So you don't do it, and that's why I say 10 to 20% because I don't know that a lot of teams are going to be willing to give up that kind of haul. Carson Wentz is ahead of schedule in his rehab, tore his ACL and his LCL. I think you have him sixth in your quarterback rankings, Carson Wentz. Yes. Is that right? Yes, and yeah. I would actually have him probably about – fourth if I knew that he was 100% to start the season. I just don't know if he's ready for week one, but this sounds good. But we've heard this before, too, people being ahead of schedule and then whether or not they're actually getting the reps and everything like that. And after the way that Nick Foles played, I think they're going to take their time with their franchise quarterback. They're not going to rush him if he's iffy for week one. They're going to wait till he's 100%. So that's the only reason I don't have him a little bit higher. Yeah, Heath and I always are, uh, are I guess, mildly argue about Carson Wentz because I, I believe – you talk about generational talent. I think we got a superstar here, and he thinks he's going to take a step back next year, partially because of the injury, but also because just he can't throw as many touchdowns without the yards as he did. You know, he didn't have a lot of yards last year. I think it was right, and that concerns Heath. So he sees statistical regression. I think it's just all going up for Carson Wentz. Sounds like you're you're more on on my side there. 
I yeah, I think, the yards, Heath, I think but, he'll get more yards. Right. I think, if anything, that, you know, you, it's the efficiency quotient that you want to talk about there. And I think that he's going to take that next step forward in the yards department as well. All right. A few more news items. The Jets signed Terrell Pryor. <laughs> Do you care? Uh, good football move. Not great for fantasy purposes. For fantasy purposes, I want him to go to the Seattle Seahawks. I said this a lot last year, and I said it again during this offseason. He needs to be on a team where they'll let him freelance. That's why he was such a poor fit with the Redskins, is you need to be on target, precision-based offense, target-based offense, and he can't run routes. Just let the guy freelance. The Jets will probably let him do that, but he's also got more competition out there and a far, far subpar quarterback in comparison to Russell Wilson. I think he would have been a better fit. So I think this is good for football. They've got 14 wide receivers on the depth chart as of today. Uh, but I, for fantasy purposes, he is a late-round flyer just for the heck of it. So who are you going to take, Terrell Pryor or Robbie Anderson? If Robbie Anderson's actually playing football, I'd yeah. still take Robbie Anderson. Anderson was 16th in standard, 18th in PPR last year. Maybe this People is a downgrade for him. But, but you know, McCown is – like nobody's going to draft him. But if he's the quarterback, if he's the guy – yeah, if he is. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, to go back to the fit situation. Josh McCown is going to not quite to the Kirk Cousins level, but he needs you to be in your spots more than you would say, you know, maybe a Teddy Bridgewater. Or if they, and they're not going to at six, they didn't trade up to draft Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson extending plays would have helped similar to Russell Wilson. And the people don't understand Teddy Bridgewater is not Russell Wilson. He's more Andrew Luck, like right. runs when he needs to. But there's a question of he's even going to be at quarterback. But Josh McCown, more like Kirk Cousins than somebody like Russell Wilson, obviously. All right, we've got uh, Indomitian Sue with a one-year $14 million deal with the Good Rams. <laughs> yes, they are going to be good. Now, they they should have had a better run defense last year, but the Rams actually allowed the sixth-most fantasy points to running backs. Who allowed the seventh-most fantasy points to running backs? The Dolphins, Indomitian Sue's old team. But this is not good news for the NFC West. No, and actually the second highest rated defensive tackle against the run was Indomitian Sue right behind Snacks Harrison for the Giants. So this is an obvious boost. I saw somebody tweeted out yesterday, said prayers up to these teams. It was just the Rams schedule. This Rams defense, if the personalities don't cause a problem, good. Oh my God, you've got a hell of a lot of problems in the locker room on paper that you need to, like they need a team leader to step up to make sure everybody's in check this year. If everybody's on the same page and they all stay healthy, obviously, this is going to be a fearsome defense. This is a Rams team that just went from, I'd say, you know, this is a fun playoff team to all of a sudden, good God, this might be the NFC favorites. A lot of personalities there. A lot of personalities. Heck of a lot of personalities. Yeah. Sue, Tlaib. Those uh, two alone. Marcus Peters. Yeah, it, there's yeah. a lot there, but uh, it's an ex- it's exciting for them. And NFC West going to definitely look a lot different going forward. All right, we got more news items. I'm going to save them for when Dave and Jamie are here. Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson going to the Cowboys. We'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll have some Des Bryant news. Definitely he could get cut. Offensive line news. Greg Olson news. Uh, Ron Rivera talking about Cameron Artis Payne. Dirk Cutter talking about Peyton Barber. Andrew Luck has resumed throwing, and unfortunately it doesn't look like pass interference is going to become a 15-yard penalty. But we'll save all that stuff for Dave and Jamie. when they. Uh, we're actually going to record with them tomorrow, air that one on Thursday. I have some voicemails to play. You've been calling us up, 954-689-3199. Leave us your voicemail, give us your name and where you're from, uh, 954-689-3199. And uh, we will play your voicemails. We have emails to read later, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Let's hear from the people. Here's our first uh, voicemail. No name on this one. I'll let you create a name for this caller, Jake. Okay. What do you think? Oh, before I hear it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want you want to hear the guy first? Yeah, you right. hear the guy and then give him a name. See what he sounds like. All right, here we go. What do you think about Tyler Lockett this year as a 
wide receiver three sleeper or deep uh, stash. Um, Seattle obviously lost Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson. The defense looks like it may have lost uh, some of its potency. If Russell Wilson's going to be throwing the ball around, it can't be all the just Doug Baldwin. So what do you guys think of Tyler Lockett this year? Thanks. <laughs> well, who was right. that? Uh We'll call him Andy the Apologist. How about that? Because <laughs> there's always somebody for Tyler Lockett. I am uh, so yeah, tired. Yeah. I am a Tyler Lockett fan to a degree, but I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying about the Seahawks for the past three seasons. As people don't realize this, is they treat the number two wide receiver like a running back by committee, but wide receiver by the committee in the fact that they rotate guys in and out. Just because you're the number two doesn't mean you're on the number two on the field the most every single game. Sometimes it was Lockett. Sometimes it was Richardson. Sometimes it was all the other guys mixed into the situation, and that's why it's always been so frustrating to me. As of today, it does seem like, hey, there is an opportunity here. There is a chance that Tyler Lockett could finally have that breakthrough season. But now everybody's going to get hyped up and push him into, he says, late round. But the problem is, is he's going to end up going, like if everything stands and they don't add somebody in the draft or they don't add one more piece in free agency with the scraps that are left over, he's probably going to get pushed up into the mid rounds, like eight, nine, 10, somewhere around there. And now you need him to be what everybody's always hoped him to be. And I just don't see that because I think they do add somebody in the draft and there's going to be somebody else into the mix and it's going to be everything we deal with every single year. So I understand it, but this is the same thing I've always said is the number two is not necessarily a void. It's just frustrating to try and grasp because there is value there. It just is never really fulfilled. All right. That's Tyler Lockett. And thank you, Andy, the apologist. We do have a name for this one. Here's Ken. Hey guys, this is Ken calling from. San Luis Obispo, California. Question, quarterback. Am I better off picking a high-round quarterback like Russell Wilson or two lesser ones like a Luck and Rivers combo? What are your thoughts? Right, what do you think, Jake? So, obviously, we're all saying wait on quarterback in your one-quarterback leagues. Like, just don't take your Tom Brady's of the world. Just wait. That all being said, if you're in a more experienced draft and they start slipping to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, heck, I took Drew Brees in the eighth round in one league last year, and that actual value didn't even pay off that greatly because it was a down year for Drew Brees. But I would take one there. The thing is, if I do take one quarterback, if they do fall far enough, like the sixth, seventh, eighth round, and I take a Brady or a Breeze or any of those type of guys, I'm not drafting a second quarterback because the entire point of that is you're never benching him. And then you just deal with a situation like, or I have a guy two years ago who had Drew Brees and Matt Ryan is, oh my God, who would I play every single week? And you're just adding frustration. That being said, I've never used to be the guy who drafted two quarterbacks, and I'm starting to come around to that now because I will draft Philip Rivers late. He's been on a lot of my teams the past couple of years, but go take a flyer on somebody who could potentially be a top five quarterback. Like you look at Wentz, to have that happen out of nowhere. You look at Alex Smith last year. There's always a quarterback, two, three, four quarterbacks that jump into the top 10. And if you have two of those, then you can play a mix and match wherever you potentially get a trade chip. So that's where I've started to go with the two quarterback route recently. So you, uh, you're you talking 12-team leagues when you talk about rounds? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm willing to take Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. Yep. I could see that. I'd say late fourth for me, though. Late fourth. Okay, I, I would even... I guess I'd have to really do a mock draft since all this free agency went down, but late third round, I feel like there's always a drop off in talent, and that's kind of when I start thinking about quarterback. But yeah, I usually I'm usually looking fourth round in a twelve team league. See, if I'm in if I'm PPR first four rounds, I got to get my bell cow. I don't care what format I'm in. 
But in PPR, I'm probably coming out with three wide receivers in my running back before I take my quarterback. And in non-PPR, I usually want two and two before I touch my quarterback. So that's why I would say if I could see them sitting there in the end of the fourth round and know that I'm picking again in the fifth, so it's still kind of technically the same, that's when when I would do it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I I usually like to to do what you do as well, but sometimes I'm looking at a guy I just don't like, and Aaron Rodgers is Now, PPR, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks, they don't catch passes typically, so except Mariota. That one time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, PPR, they, they are certainly downgraded. You mentioned HQ earlier. I think mm-hmm. I got up to, uh, Q6 the other day. I was pretty proud of myself. Oh, I got to on the 25 or the 50,000 because it was Sunday night. I got up to Q13. Shut up. Yes. Nice I work. I forget what the question was too. It was just something so far off. Do you use your computer? No. While you're. No. Oh, because I can type super fast, and I've actually <laughs> helped myself with a couple questions. Because you just got to type in one or two words if you know what one yeah. or two words to type in. It's true. So I actually got all the way to 13, and it was a stupid question, too. I don't even remember what it was at this point. Oh, so you're a cheater. Okay, well, that's good yep. to know. But the 100%. real the real <laughs> HQ, Jake, is CBS Sports HQ. This is the good one, man. you got to download it on your, uh, your Apple TV, your Roku. You download the CBS Sports app on Apple TV, on Roku, on your phone, on other connected devices. I'm watching on my Roku all the time. If you want to just give it a little bit of a sample, go to CBSSportsHQ.com. This is 24-7 streaming sports news, highlights, scores. It's free. It's awesome. It is old-school sports coverage. I think any sports fan is going to really love it. we got some fantasy on there as well. CBSSportsHQ.com or download the CBS Sports app on one of your connected devices. All right, let's get into Jake's rankings. He gave me his PPR rankings, even though he apparently hates PPR. Deshaun, <laughs> only because those are the most recent, the ones that I did. <laughs> works for me. Uh, Deshaun Watson is your number four quarterback. Uh, yes, yeah, so people are higher on Watson than they are on Wentz. You just think he's further along in his rehab, or, or let's say they were both completely healthy. Would you be higher on Watson than Wentz? So I would still, if I know they're both 100% healthy, I'm still going to take Watson. The rushing upside is added to that fact there. And I still love Wentz. But, and to be honest with you, it's going to come down to cost. I'll take Wentz because he's going to go cheaper than I will take Watson. I honestly think there's a lot of people out there right now that would take Watson as the second quarterback off the board. I've actually seen some rankings out there where people put him first. I think they're overrating a little bit of what they did during that game. And I know that stretch was amazing, 30 points per game, average, and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, we've seen this before. And we've seen the NFL adjust to quarterbacks and learn how to contain. Look at what the NFL has done with Cam Newton. I mean, outside of Cam Newton's 35 touchdown season, for the most part, defenses keep him in check often, not all the time. And that's why he's still a QB one if he's healthy and running. And that's why Deshaun Washington should be, too. But I think for fantasy purposes, I know they're a little bit different styles, but let's say for fantasy purposes, compared to Sean Watson to Cam Newton, I think that's the fair spot. Potential to be the number one, but the same thing, potential to be 10 to 12. All right, so your your passer, your quarterback rankings are Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, Watson, Newton, Wentz. If yes. this were a four-point per passing touchdown league, would Watson be ahead of Tom Brady? This actually, that's how I rank these. Oh, it is? Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then that makes sense with having Wilson two, Watson four, Newton five, Wentz six. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, then. Uh, let's get into running backs. PPR, Le'Veon Bell one, Todd Gurley two. Uh, interesting. I, I, total, I, I think I actually agree, but I, I think it might be a little surprising for people to see Bell, anybody ahead of Todd Gurley. Uh, how come you have Bell 1, Gurley 2? Honestly, because I think last year was a little bit of a down year 
for Le'Veon Bell. And I think last year was the peak of what we were going to see for Todd Gurley. I know it was amazing and it was everything we've always wanted. It got rid of Jeff Fisher and all that type of stuff. But if you're going to tell me about the history of these two players and you're going to tell me about who is more of a focal point for their offense guaranteed, I, I know that there's not terrific weapons on the wide receiver front for the Rams, but I think Cooper Cup's going to take a big step forward. I think people are forgetting about Josh Reynolds. I think he could take a step forward and make noise this year. They still have plenty of weapons where you look at Le'Veon Bell, it's always Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, every single game. Todd Gurley is going to always be involved, but I could see some games where he's you know only getting 20 touches per game, whereas Le'Veon Bell almost averages 20 to 25 per game. It's nitpicking. I'm just going to take the history and the talent of Le'Veon Bell over the career season to this point of Todd Gurley. Yeah, he's not a huge touchdown guy, though, Le'Veon Bell. I think that's kind of strange. He's never had a 10 rushing touchdown season. He's never had more than three receiving touchdowns. Last year, right. what did Todd Gurley have? 19 total touchdowns. So, yeah. um, you know, that's kind of uh, interesting when I saw that. I guess I didn't realize Bell has never had more than 12 touchdowns in a season, I believe. And that's fair, too. But, you know, full point PPR, you talk about Bell in his full seasons, or well, full-ish seasons, 16 games, 85 receptions last year, 15 games, 85 receptions. That 12-game season was 75 receptions. I think that's really the thing is you're giving me that terrific floor with a very similar ceiling. Yeah. All right, and then this one I'm going to have to disagree with you on. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott, number five running back in PPR. It's Bell, Gurley, David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and Ezekiel Elliott. I'm still going to take Zeke, I think, third in PPR. Really? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of low on David Johnson. I, I don't like bad offenses when you're talking about elite running back. I think that team's going to be terrible. See, I could definitely see him being terrible, but at the same time, it's just I'm such a fan of David Johnson, and he is the offense outside of Larry Fitzgerald. Like, this is somebody else. He's the only other person besides Le'Veon Bell who's going to contend for 80, 90 receptions, and that's really why I have him there. Obviously, I'm assuming he's going to be 100% healthy, but I'm still going to take him. And then the Kareem Hunt factor, I could understand it. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you for an hour on end or anybody else who wants to take Zeke over him. But I look at Kareem Hunt when he was used properly and when he was used 20-plus times in a game and the fact that in those games he averaged close to like 30 fantasy points per game in PPR. I think that hopefully Andy Reid got his head out of you-know-where and realized that. I know Nagy's gone, so there's a potential that Reid could go right back to doing the idiotic thing he did during the middle of the season. But I'm just looking at that use. I'm saying it's obvious what you have here, and it's obvious that if he's getting 20-plus touches per game in PPR, that I'm going to lean towards Hunt. Yeah, I mean, Zeke, he's not a big pass catcher, but he was on pace for 42 catches, which isn't nothing. So let's say Hunt has... What did you say? I said it's not that much. No, it's not, but it's probably 20 to 30. Okay, at most 30 catches less than Kareem Hunt. I don't see Hunt having 70, but he could. He had 53 last year in, I think, 15 games. Um, Zeke, like, Zeke was on pace for 387 carries. In in his rookie season, he had 322 carries in 15 games. So he he might be a legit 340-carry guy. And just with all the touchdowns he's going to score, he'll make up for the the lower number of of catches. See, and I go the other way, too, is the fact that Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing despite only carrying the ball 272 times and being screwed around with during the middle of the season. So, yeah, Bebe is the lowest, the lowest yardage total to lead the league in rushing since 1990. 
That is true. So, what, so that wait, is you can have it. You can have it. Whatever. You can have it. But I'll say, like, okay, let's say they do get – they smarten – wisen up, and I know that's a lot to put on Andy Reid here, but let's say he gets <laughs> to 290 carries and then gets another 5 to 10 receptions. I think that's all conceivable and easily doable, and you give me that, and I think he edges him out. Again, like, we've already spent more time than I thought we would, like, like arguing that much between Zeke and Hunt. All right, fine. So Leonard Fournette, number 11, behind Christian McCaffrey and LeSean McCoy. Definitely is a PPR kind yes. of deal. But 100%. Yeah, I guess I would see it. Maybe it's philosophically. Um, I'm just going to take – I still like touchdowns. And Fournette had 36, 36 catches in 13 games last year. So I think he showed that he can do it. Uh, I just – I see him sort of like Zeke. And, and they got Norwell. He's going to get a ton of carries if he stays healthy, which could be an issue. And he'll, he's going to have so many more touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey. He might, he might have five more touchdowns than McCaffrey. I think that'll make up for the catches. He might. My problem is, if you look at Fournette for last year, he was actually touchdown real. Like, actually, if you take his numbers over most seasons, he's was inflated on the touchdown department. Like, his touchdown-to-touch ratio and yardage ratio should conceivably come back. Now, if he stays healthy for all 16 games, which is a huge if, I'm also not buying that because this has been multiple foot area injuries all the way through college and now through his first year in the NFL. I mean, if you put him in for 13 games, I don't know that you're getting much further past that 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards that he got last year. And if he only gets the same number from last year, getting those touchdowns again would still be overachieving the norm of what you see for a running back like him. So, all that being said, Christian McCaffrey caught 80 passes last year in timeshare with Jonathan Stewart. I know they've already talked about other factors of what might happen to the other running back position. I think they get the reins off Christian McCaffrey next year and let him also be a runner. I don't think he's going to be 20-plus touches per game, similar to the conversation about Jarek McKinnon. I think he's a little bit better built for it, but I also don't think you want him touching the ball 20-plus times. But I think Christian McCaffrey could easily get over 90 receptions next year and now start to get closer to six to 700 rushing yards. That'd be nice. He only had 117 carries. <clears throat> Jonathan Stewart's gone 198 carries. Six touchdowns for Stewart, and five of them were from one or two yards out. So, you know, there are touchdown opportunities there near the goal line. I don't know if it'll be McCaffrey. It'd be nice. Uh, and then, I I mean, come on. Dalvin Cook, 16th. Dalvin Cook, 16th. What planet is Dalvin Cook, 16th? It is not Earth, Jake Seeley. <laughs> it is today's Earth. It is the March 27th Earth because let's go back a year and you won't find a bigger supporter than Dalvin Cook than myself last year. Like, I was the proponent. I, I actually owned Dalvin Cook at Cream Hunt in so many leagues last year. Yeah. I was banging the table, telling people they were insane for their overreaction to the combine. And I was Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. That being said, it's March 27th. That's a significant injury. We have inside injuries that's come on our show over on the Roto Experts Fantasy Sports Network. And they said that type of injury sometimes has complications. He is quote-unquote on schedule. Some people are saying he's even ahead of schedule. If he's 100% by the time even OTAs roll around, or heck, even I'll say preseason rolls around, he is going to rocket all the way back up to fringe top 10. He'll be in that conversation. All that being said, it's March 27th. I haven't seen him back on the field. That was a devastating injury. All right, that's Dalvin Cook. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. It is health dependent. I know that if he's healthy, he'll be higher than 16th. Easily. All right, we'll take a look at some wide receivers here. Hmm, I'm gonna skip around. All right, Adam Thielen 13th, Stefan Diggs 24th. I, all right, so I brought this up on uh, previous shows with Dave and maybe a little bit with Heath. Kirk Cousins has not been one to feature a wide receiver, and Thielen right. had over 140 targets, if I recall, last year. So I'm a little worried about the fit there. Plus, I just think Diggs is better. I think you're too high on Adam Thielen. 
No, 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 no. So he doesn't, but if you look at two years ago with the roster that the Redskins had, the most, the, the, the high, actually the featured receiver was Pierre Garçon and Jamison Crowder, who I think if you looked at it, obviously they're not apples to apples, 100% receiver to receiver. But if you look at the offenses, if you try to draw comparisons, because last year you can kind of throw out for the Redskins offense receiver wise, because Doxton never really came through again. Uh, you had Terrell Pryor mess. You had Crowder was basically the only man left standing for most of the year. Ryan Grant's quote unquote breakout year, which is 500 yards and four touchdowns. That all being said, is if you try to compare two years ago, you would say Pierre Garçon is Adam Thielen situation, Stefan Diggs, Jamison Crowder. And if you looked at the uses for the Vikings, you said it. That's what the uses was for the Vikings as well. As you look at, you know, all their yards, all the metrics, the air yards, all that stuff you want to throw out there. Pierre Garçon and Adam Thielen are comparable in that fashion. And if I look at Kirk Cousins coming over, I think they're going to be used in similar fashions. So I think Adam Thielen deserves to be much further ahead than Stefan Diggs. I would take Thielen every single time. And that's even before we get to the fact of the injury concerns with Stefan Diggs, because tell me whenever this guy is going to play 16 games. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, Diggs is just better than Thielen. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Diggs, I said this it's about two years ago, too. With Stefan Diggs, I think he's Randall Cobb in the fact that he's great at what he does, but don't ask him to do more because he can't do more. Like I've always been that with that Stefan Diggs. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he takes another step forward this year. Maybe I'm just wrong in general. But I've just <laughs> always watched him have felt that way. Is when you asked Randall Cobb to be the number one for the Packers, failed miserably because he's not equipped to do that. Stefan Diggs, do what you do. What you do is great. But if you're looking for the number one for this team, I believe it's still Adam Thielen. All right, and then I'll just ask you about T.Y. Hilton, then we'll read some emails here. Uh, actually, we have to talk about one tight end ranking, but T.Y. Hilton, you have number seven ahead of A.J. Yes. Green. Now, I, yes. I got no beef with that, but if you have T.Y. Hilton number seven, I do believe that Andrew Luck needs to be higher than 12th. Mm, what do you think? Uh, does he? Look at quarterbacks. Yeah, Look he's like, he's probably – he's if T.Y. Hilton is number seven in PPR, which is never his best format, that means he's having like a, a typical T.Y. Hilton year, right? Yeah, so it, he was number six two years ago with 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. And where did Andrew Luck finish? Two years ago? I don't, it doesn't matter for me because my point is Andrew Luck doesn't – Andrew Luck was – I'm pulling up right now just so you know. Yeah, all right. Andrew Luck was number four, but Andrew Luck also had other weapons at that time. It's T.Y. Hilton and what else right now? Like, don't give me all these – stop with all the rest of this. There is T.Y. Hilton and nobody else, and that's the thing. is That's why I think Andrew Luck could only go out there and throw for 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns, and Adam Thielen could still be a top-10 wide receiver. We've seen a lot of other teams out there have a quarterback that's fringe QB1 with a wide receiver that finishes in the top 10 because they don't throw to anybody else. You said Adam Thielen. You meant T.Y. Hilton. That's okay. We knew what you were saying. You love Adam Thielen. Yes, you do, I do. Have, uh, you do have Travis Kelsey ranked ahead of Rob Gronkowski in PPR. Kelsey has been the number one PPR tight end two straight seasons. Gronkowski was better last year on a per-game basis, but that, of course, is part of the equation here. So, yeah, what do you think? You're going to stick with that through draft day, Kelsey ahead of Gronk? Yeah, but I'm not going to own either one of them because I don't draft tight ends that early. But that's exactly – you broke it down. You know exactly where I was going with that. It just comes down to the injury factor. It's Rob Gronkowski with the risk that associated with that. Somebody else who barely ever plays – I don't think well, – how many times has he played 16 games? I'm going to check real quick. My guess would be twice. Uh, yep, twice. His first two years in the league. First year, it doesn't even really count that much. This rookie season with uh, only 59 targets. But he hasn't played 16 games since 2011. Then that's really what it comes down to. You don't draft tight ends early, huh? When do you draft no. tight ends? I don't draft. I need to have at least two running backs, three wide receivers, likely my flex and a quarterback. So we're talking eighth round, ninth round. 
Yeah, I see a big separation between those top three tight ends. I, I don't necessarily set out to draft one, but uh, I am not afraid to take Gronk, Kelsey, or Ertz. See, I've uh, I win my championships by taking the next year will be the Trey Burton's, Hunter Henry's, Rudolph's, the disrespected ones like Rudolph and Delaney Walkers. I always that, that I'll always settle in that range for my tight ends. All right. Well, you have Trey Burton tenth, so I'm sure that's someone you'll be targeting this year. Uh, Jake, I'm going to finish it off with some emails from the listeners. I don't think I read this one. I apologize if I did, but um, well, actually, I'm going to read this one second, so we'll come back to that. But if I did act like, uh, if I did read it, at least we have new um, a new voice to answer it. So here's the first one: so John uh, in uh, ooh um, Sandusky, Ohio. Is that a place? Yes. Okay. Uh, I that, know somebody from there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that the, where Tommy Boy was? was uh took place oh i think so yeah okay yeah it says dear carl eric gavin and carson Carl, Eric, i don't know who that is it, it, uh, tommy boy was in yeah, parts factory in sandusky yeah callahan parts is in sandusky ohio there, there you, you go. go all right the question is in the past fantasy season what was the best and worst roster move you made in terms of ad drops or trades exclude any steals from the draft hmm well, so, so he said add drops or trades. I was going to say just the draft. I, 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 I'm sorry I didn't like tune into that perfectly for there. I'd say the worst one was actually, you know what? I'll give you the trade. It was the trade towards the end of the year where I offed So this was a keeper league and it actually caused quite a ruckus in my league, but it was the Odo Beckham situation because I couldn't keep him because you only keep guys for three years. So this is going to translate for a lot of people listening, but I traded it away at Odell Beckham and I brought back, uh, I forget the two wide receivers that I did, but that you're my answer right there. The fact that I can't remember who they were, they ended up not contributing towards my final <laughs> playoff team. The best move I made was trading Theo Riddick for Carson Wentz in the Flex League. In a oh, standard wow. oh I, for, ah, I forgot you did that. Yeah, I did, yeah. And still had a terrible team, so not terrible, <laughs> just below average. Uh, the worst move I made was trading Todd Gurley for Jordy Nelson and Ty Montgomery. Oh, that was the best move. Thank you. That just reminded me. I traded for Todd Gurley in the one flex league. And I, that was the, that was the league that, so the two flex leagues I was in, the one that I traded with Joe Pizapia, I traded for Todd Gurley and ended up winning the championship in that one because of Todd Gurley is what we knew he did for those last three weeks. It wasn't that bad of a trade. I actually sent him, um, the, what had to happen was it was earlier in the year. I sent him Dalvin Cook before Dalvin Cook got hurt. Oh yeah. yeah right. No, when I made the trade, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was healthy. Ty Montgomery was healthy. I, I thought like it was PPR Nelson and Montgomery for Gurley. There were a couple other throw-ins in there. I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah. And I, and Gurley had that tough schedule coming up. That that was what we really missed on. We thought he wasn't going to be quite as good, and he was you know even better I guess. Yep. Uh, next email. This is the one I'm not sure if I read. I don't think I did, but we'll get your take on it anyway. Uh, it is from Jacob from somewhere north of Massachusetts. We'll let Dave figure that out when he gets back. Uh, no, 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 sorry. This is from, uh, Michael. There we go. Here's Michael. I love the pod, but can we put a couple of terms to rest? Standard scoring is ancient history and doesn't need to be mentioned ever again. Half PPR gets all positions closest in value, which means more trades across positions. So, so there you go. There's the, we talked about before the hatred of the standard. Look, I, I stopped calling it standard because to that point, there's still a higher percentage of people playing non-PPR leagues because it's still default on a lot of sites. But that all being said, I'm fine with half-point PPR. I am i don't necessarily agree that that creates more trades because it just comes down to your owners in your leagues. But I think half-point PPR, half PPR is a fine compromise 
But I also, like I said, I do half-point PPR with increased scoring for yardage. I still think half-point PPR gives you – you're still giving away points for doing nothing. <laughs> That's my problem. This is so few plays where, like, they, nothing happens. But still, my point being, you're getting a free point. This is the only position we give away a free point. This is the same as people playing, which I hate, completion points for quarterbacks, rushing attempts for running backs. Mm, I don't, yeah, no, I don't I'm like not that. giving you a point for doing your job. <laughs> uh, all right, here's our last question. I believe this one is from Jacob. Uh, with Doug Martin going to the Raiders, I now own three of the backup running backs there. In a dynasty half PPR league, is it worth holding on to any combination of Doug Martin, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard? 12 teams, 30-man rosters. Uh, nope. Uh, the Oakland Raiders backfield is going to be a wasteland. I want nothing to do with it next year. The sad thing is, and I'm pretty sure Dave Richard was the one that wrote about it, correct me if I'm wrong, about the fact that if you look at Gruden's usage in the past, that he does like his pass catching running backs and has featured it, but at the same time, he does use a collection of running backs. That just happens to be the running back that has featured the most. Correct? That, that's He's he's the one that wrote that, correct? Who's uh, Dave? Yeah. Yes, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. He's, so, he's... That's what you would want to look for here, which would obviously eliminate Marshawn Lynch from being in that consideration. Doug Martin has four miserable, god-awful seasons and two great ones, which are also buoyed by only a few games. Richard has some explosive upside. Washington has some explosiveness to him. But at the same time, those guys aren't his. Like he's, He has no attachment to them when he's coming in. The same reason from past teams when you say the guy coming in, what, who cares about the running back because he could cut him at any given day. So I just want to avoid this backfield. I'm sorry, but with a 30-man roster, I guess you could hold on to Doug Martin, maybe. <laughs> I mean, look, 30-man roster, you can, you can make the case to hang on any of them. Just don't don't have uh, very high expectations. Jake well, Seeley. I said Martin for the fact that he brought him in. Yeah, true. Jake, thank you, man. That was, this was uh, awesome. Thank you, Adam. The all-in kid. All-in yes. kid on Twitter. And you can find him on the Fantasy Sports Network. Just great great advice. You hear, you heard it for yourself. The guy knows what he's talking about. And not just football, by the way. If you play other fantasy sports, you can follow Jake. That's Jake Seeley. I'm Adam Azer. We will have Dave and Jamie back later this week to hear about what they learned from the owners' meetings, talk maybe a little bit more about Beckham, and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. See you later. It's all right. I've got Levy on.